It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast as we cover the latest news every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts from. And today is a Sunday. Hope your weekend is going well. It is October the 8th. And coming up this morning, we have our seven days of real estate. It's an opportunity to look back over the last seven days to find out what we have been talking about. And of course, we spoke with economist Asti Marty Asmo on the eve of another RBA rate rise on Monday. On Tuesday, economist Warren Hogan was in, along with Anthony Landau, talking about the RBA decision. And as we know, Michelle Bullock is the ninth governor of the Reserve Bank becoming the first uh, woman to hit Australia's central bank. And was that pause guaranteed? We know the answer now, but we didn't back on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we spoke to Stephen Halmurek, the chief economist at the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, about the current interest rates and inflation and what is likely to happen next with the RBA, especially with interest rate cuts. Isn't that a nice thing to say? say interest rate cuts instead of interest rate rises. When is that likely to happen? And also Monica Shaw, we spoke to her in Sydney, who leaves from one prestigious suburb for another. And we also speak with Scott Mitchell in Harvey Bay. And I think you'll be surprised at the median cost of a four-bedroom brand new home. So we'll ask him that question. So that's all on the way with seven days and if you're celebrating your birthday for today the 8th of October many happy returns I see that Ripley is celebrating her birthday if you are a fan of alien movies you'll know who I'm talking about Sigourney Weaver is 73 Matt Damon is turning 52 and Bruno Mars is turning 37 today It's the main centre forecast. And around the country, first we go to Sydney, expecting cloudy conditions, but a mainly fine Sunday and a high of 22. In Melbourne, expecting mainly fine, some cloudy periods with 18. Brisbane, it should be cloudy but fine, 25 for you. And once again, Perth is piling on the sunshine, a mainly fine day and your high, 27. From buying strategies, a fluctuating market, the importance of data, geographical differences, confidence in the market, rental yields. Stay informed every morning from 6am. And you know what? I've lost track of how many of these RBA announcements. Are we up to, what, 187 today? (laughs) It does seem like that, doesn't it? Especially because they do do it on a monthly basis, although there is going to be a change in terms of how many times they meet. But it does seem like it's what we talk about on a monthly basis. I think everyone is keeping a much closer eye on these movements on a monthly basis. And the first Tuesday of the month is awaiting. What do you say about the the new Reserve Governor? Because you don't really want to come out with your first announcement and uh, raise that bar. If I'm in that position, I'd I'd be sort of erring on the, the side of caution a little bit. 
It is quite a tough position to be in. It, it's one of the positions that I don't really envy, to be honest with you, just because everyone is looking at your space and they're really, you know, really watching what you're doing, especially because many is still sort of getting over from what happened with the previous RBA governor and how, you know, there was a promise of cash rate not being held, not going up, sorry, for a while. Um, but then it did go up quite suddenly and quite significantly in a very short space amount of time. And that's, you know, took everyone by surprise and shook everyone as well. So it is definitely, you know, a position that I don't envy. But at the same time, the RBA is very much so committed to pulling down inflation rate, getting it as much as um, possible sooner than later to that 2 to 3% target rate. So mm-hmm. it is what they want to do. Yeah, and if it does go up, there's a possibility that it, it could go up 25 basis points. We've still got the lowest cash rate, though, when you look around other countries. Yes, we do. And I think this is very important to um, put forward to everyone is that, you know, we do feel the pain here in Australia, of course, but we're not the only country that is going through an increasing cash rate sort of environment. Other countries around the world is doing the same. Some have held it just like we're we're holding it at the moment for two, three months, and then they've increased it again. No one is in a position at the moment to decrease or cut the cash rate. So we are in the same boat as you know a lot of other countries and other countries like the UK, the USA, Canada, even our friends across the pond in New Zealand, they're projecting that they will peak at anywhere between 55 to 6% for their cash rate. So us peaking at say 4.2 to 4.3 is still much lower than all other economies um, around us. Stay ahead of the competition with the latest news, insights and data analysis on the property podcast that keeps you informed. Well, I think she's got a bit of breathing space. I think that the data that we've seen has been consistent with their forecast. So the RBA are forecasting an extended soft patch for the economy and hence why retail spending has to remain soft. That will bring inflation down. And so far, it looks like that's happening. So I think she's going to be content to sit back at her first meeting and there'll be a very weak case to do anything. The key, though, will be the November meeting, the Melbourne Cup Day meeting, one of the most popular days for rate moves in Australia, and that'll follow the Q3 CPI. And what we're seeing right now is some upward pressure on oil prices. We're getting anecdotes of cost pressures in the business community. And look, all will be revealed with that inflation number at the end of October. But I suspect that if the inflation number is higher than what is consistent with their forecast, that will be higher than what we saw in Q2 then she may take out some insurance and hike rates in November. It's not a very popular view. There's only a few of us who think that that's a real risk, but I think that's the the risk in the next six months is a rate hike rather than a rate cut. You're right, because the insurance and that little bit of protection, that cover, just to cover off what may happen with uh, that Christmas spin, that is that is one way just to curtail that. It is. And, and the other feature is obviously the strong property market or housing market uh, that we're seeing playing out. It, it's seen a big lift in listings in the spring. Uh, it's only early days. And the market's still performing pretty well. And I think that's another sign or another signal that 
this concept of taking out some insurance might be required because I think what the RBA really needs to avoid is sort of sitting back on its hands, hoping that the economy slows. We get back from summer holidays in late January and into February and suddenly the economy is picking up steam again and inflation is not falling and they have to hike three or four times. I think that will be pretty devastating for parts of the economy, mortgage holders, small business. So taking out some insurance against that in November might be wise. Yeah, nothing like a little bit of insurance and we will find out what Michelle Bullock is going to do later on this afternoon in her first announcement. Grab your weekly dose of inspiration to help build a real estate portfolio. We talk to the best in the business every day. Learn from the professionals and know your property with us. And good afternoon, Anthony. You have heard the words uttered, I haven't. What's going on? G'day, Craig. Well, Michelle Bullock, uh, first meeting has governor, has decided to pause the cash rate. So keep it on hold at the current rate of 4.10%, which I think is a relief for mortgage holders, uh, given there were some economists thinking there might be a rate rise. Obviously, the Australian CPI quarterly data comes out in October, which will be interesting. New buyers have recalibrated what they can do, but I think there'll be a sense of relief across the board. Well, just uh, recently, we have updated our view and we're now expecting interest rate cuts to begin in May next year. Previously, we thought they might be as early as March, but uh, as I mentioned, we pushed that back to May next year. That will give the Reserve Bank some more time to be confident that inflation is heading back towards the target range, which is 2 to 3%. And we think between now and May next year, there's going to be some more signs of some softness in the Australian economy, uh, particularly in consumer spending. And as you mentioned, we have some really good data on consumer spending. We call it our Household Spending Insights Report. The data up to August shows ongoing softness in in household spending, particularly in things like household goods and household services, where we are having to spend more money on things like transport, which is uh, essentially the price of petrol, and uh, insurance, and also uh, education. We've seen a big increase in spending on education. A little bit of an increase in spending on recreation as well, but we think that was associated particularly with the FIFA Women's World Cup. But as I mentioned, the, the kind of the basics, household goods, household services, spending on those two key sectors is is lower in August this year than it was in August last year. And let's just have a look, Stephen, at what is happening around housing. Of course, we've got the surging population at the moment. The government is spending money trying to get supply into the system. Not that easy. It's not proving to be an easy one to conquer. Uh, yes, it's a it's a very uh, complicated issue for Australia. Uh, we've got, uh, as you say, a, a big increase in population growth this year. You know, normally pre-COVID, it was about two hundred and thirty-five thousand net migrants into Australia every year. Uh, this year, the estimate is four hundred thousand, but it's r- actually running at an annual rate uh, over five hundred thousand uh, new Australians arriving. And at the same time, we know that the supply of new dwellings, so the construction of new dwellings, is actually uh, historically at very low levels. Quite simply, in the laws of economics, if you've got more demand than you do supply, then there's only one thing that can happen, and which is the price is rising. And we saw some more data earlier this week showing a, a further increase in house prices in September. We're now expecting, I should say, dwelling prices. We're now expecting dwelling prices to be up 9% in 2023 and a further 5% in 2024. So we'll be back to all-time record highs in dwelling prices uh, around about this time next year. 
So if I was to give you a golden wand, what do you reckon the wish would be in terms of just trying to alleviate that supply and bring online more properties, more new builds? What's the, what's the magic formula here? Well, there's no magic formula, but I think things like the process of getting development applications approved through local councils, that needs to be sped up. Uh, the supply of labour, so we just need more people building uh, the homes. We know that there's been some construction companies having liquidity issues, so uh, some support for the construction sector. So it's not just one you know, silver bullet, if you like. There's going to be need to be multiple areas of support to really get some more supply into the system. And just finally, talking of acute, the mortgage cliff, we're kind of in that right now. Some people say that there isn't a mortgage cliff. How bad is that and what you're seeing at the moment? Well, I guess it depends on how you define that. But this this six months from July to December 2023 is the largest period of the refinancing need for people on fixed rate home loans. There still will be some in the first uh, quarter or so of 2024. These are you know three year home loans written at the end of 2020, early 2021. And of course, interest rates were incredibly low. So people with those mortgages will be facing roughly a 400 basis point increase in their uh, interest costs. Uh, but we're progressing through that relatively well. There hasn't been a significant increase in uh, people you know, uh, not paying their mortgage. The requests for support are, are still pretty modest. So you know, lots of financial institutions you know, reaching out to their customers who are on those fixed rate home loans, helping them decide you know, what's the next best course of action to make sure that they can stay in their homes. We are your local source for unbiased expert insights into the world of real estate. We are not a real estate company. Our only objective is to help you better understand the real estate market. And a lot of agents in Double Bay still still operate in Bondi. So I'm not totally out of the area, certainly still working along that coastline. So I'm still very, very well versed in what is uh, transacting and what's happening in that area. Listen to you. You don't want to leave Bondi. I still haven't left. I haven't <laughs> left. I'm still in there. I'm still transacting. <laughs> it's hard to leave when you've got the glorious sands of the beach. I mean, really. Oh, yeah. Who, who doesn't want to be there? Exactly. And it, it took you 19 years to move to another office. So we know it's good. <laughs> hey? Now, that is your highlight of the year. What about your biggest negative for 2023? Um, I think being very open with you, the negative can be allowing some, you know, a couple of bad days roll into a little bit more than a bad day. And I think that's something that we all learn from and we sometimes can forget that a bad day doesn't have to turn into a bad week. So I think reflecting back on the year we've had, I know we're not quite the end yet, but given the, the huge change I've made, I would say the negative has been maybe just getting caught up in in some things that, that we all can get caught up in in real estate and not looking forward. So I think that's been a great lesson. Once we hit the end of December, they can't put it up in January and then we're just waiting till Feb to arrive. Absolutely. I mean, we really only have two months of selling season before things quieten down and before they again start talking about interest rates. So it does appear that the market has all of a sudden got a bit of a spring in its step. Uh, But we definitely have people who have bounced in who are looking and there's properties that are being purchased and will be interesting to see what happens if they discuss an interest rate rise in Feb. So usually February, March are very strong. So depending on what they do announce will certainly start to dictate the beginning of next year. 
And are you finding at the moment that, you know, one of the problems for people not listing is that they haven't been able to find something that they can replace with. Do you find that the worm is turning a little bit in that area? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a shortage of properties uh, available to purchase and, you know, there's good opportunities to sell, but some people aren't necessarily knowing what to purchase. There have been a few off-market deals being done and people are buying without hitting the market. And I'm finding that when someone's sold, they're getting a lot more into a lot more doors on the private side of things, which isn't necessarily the best way to sell your property, but there are a lot of off-markets that are being done. It's like diving into a treasure trove of real estate gold nuggets just waiting to be explored with us on The Real Estate Podcast. Yeah, let's just have a look now, particularly for first-time buyers, because I always like to seed in every time I talk to you, Scott, about that median house price around a three- to four-bedroom house, couple of bathrooms, lock-up garage. We're talking brand new on a bit of dirt. Just run those numbers again, because there will be people listening to you for the very first time. And this kind of highlights the point of uh, the value that you can find in Harvey Bay. Yeah, certainly. You can buy um, a brand new house and land package in Harvey Bay on a 600 square metre block of dirt, a modern contemporary brick home, you know, colour one roof, tile roof, four two and two, so four bed, two bath, double lock up garage for 525 to 575 depending on the inclusions you want. So that makes us super affordable. And that's within, from these estates, you can be to the beach or Esplanade just about from anywhere in 10 or 15 minutes. The lifestyle that comes with our location and proximity to our beautiful emerald waters of Harvey Bay makes us super attractive. And that property today, you could comfortably rent those properties out from the time you took ownership of them, if you were going to hold them as an investment, they'll comfortably return five eighty six hundred a week. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast.